The Rainbow Skyline Podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Do you want to see Nikola Jokic's latest display of passing wizardry up close and not on TV? With GameTime, you can click on any seat in the app and get a panoramic view of the court, kind of like how the Joker sees the court. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a fresh edition of the Rainbow Skyline podcast, your podcast about the Denver Nuggets from The Athletic. Uh, my name is Nick Cosmeter. I cover the Nuggets here at The Athletic, joined by my colleague Kendra Andrews. Uh, and we had to wrangle in uh, another one of our colleagues, Chris Kirshner, who covers the Atlanta Hawks uh, for The Athletic, because, um, Chris, we just have to get your, your word on on what this game was all about. Trey Young. One of the one of the craziest performances I've seen since covering games here at this at the Pepsi Center in the last few years. Uh, he goes for forty two points, eleven assists um, in a one twenty five one twenty one Hawks victory um, over the Nuggets. So we're gonna get we're gonna get to some big picture stuff. Um, you know, the, again, this is our weekly podcast that you can find on Apple, Spotify, um, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. This is our free podcast, so go ahead and subscribe on Apple. Give us a review, um, give us a rating. And then we will also have bonus podcasts only at the Athletic app that you can get by going to theathletic.com slash Rainbow Skyline, get 40% off a subscription and get all of our podcasts there. Um, so let, let's, guys, let's just start with this game tonight. Um, you know, the Nuggets came in saying, look, this is a guy that every time you look at a scouting report, he's he's one number one on it in terms of he's going to pull up, Chris, as you know, from 35 feet sometimes if he has to, but... In, in all the kind of memorable performances that you've that you've witnessed, um, what what made tonight stand out? The efficiency, because a lot of the times with Trey, even going back to the last game, he was nine for thirty. He had thirty five points, but again, he's nine for thirty tonight. He's thirteen of twenty one from the field, eight of thirteen from three. Uh, just super efficient, and he has forty two points, and he loses his second go-to score in Kevin Herter, who left with the shoulder injury. And it's just Trey Young on this team. It's not like they have Jamal Murray for Jokic or Will Barr and Gary Harris. It's Trey Young. And it's it's incredible to say because, like, they were sending triple teams at him at one point, and he's still getting 42 points. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing about it, you, you're right. They were sending three guys at him. Sending him horizontal to where he was, he was literally in the half court, having to use every inch of the half court. But he was willing to do that in order to like give himself just the space he needed. You know, we just talked to Will Barton uh, in the locker room, and he said, "I'm going to have to like remember to think back of like a time that, you know, ju- I just felt like one guy dominated the game, mm-hmm. 
the way that, that he has. I mean, and this is a guy who plays in the Western Conference, has played against Damian Lillard, um, you know, played in the playoffs last year, had some games where CJ McCollum um, was was really excellent in that series against the Blazers. But um, you know, I gotta I gotta agree with him from the time that I've been watching games again here at the at the Pepsi Center, watching the Nuggets play. Um, you know, th- there's been nights where they've given up big games, but to just see a guy single-handedly dominate in so many ways, uh, you know, Kendra, what was the thing that stood out to you most? Yeah, I mean, there were times during the game when he would put up a shot, and I'd say, why did he shoot that? And then it would go in, and I was like, oh, okay, that's yeah. why he shot it. But, I mean, I completely agree with what you guys were saying. The defensive effort from the Nuggets just obviously was not enough, no matter what they tried. And uh, it was Monte Morris who just said that was – it was BS how they defended him. He said it was a piss-poor effort on their end, and – I I I I don't know what they could have done except just do it better. But that just seems so funny to say. And it, I mean, yeah, I I don't think I've ever seen a player dominate up a game like that either. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely like a um, it, it's sort of a tip your cap kind of situation from a Nuggets perspective to a large degree. I mean, yeah, there were certainly times where. Um, you know, they let him wiggle free. They, they let him get the ball back. Michael Malone took the onus on himself. He said we should have done more uh, to get the ball out of his hands. But, like, this is this is what this guy does. And when he's going to hit eight out of 13 three-pointers, um, again, many of them, I would say the majority of them, at least three or four feet behind the three-point line, um, you know, you're, it, it's, it's, I really think it's kind of a tip your cap thing. But for the Nuggets, I thought it was, it was disappointing from their end because they were coming into this game having held four straight opponents under a hundred points. Um, and that was the reason they had won four games because in none of those games were they firing offensively. Um, you know, they, they had to grind it out and that's, that's what this team has been. It's been ugly. I mean, they're seven and three, but there's been nothing pretty about the way that they've gotten there. Um, you know, and tonight they finally score 121 points, which was a season high. Um, and, and yet they, they had that kind of defensive effort. Um, you know, Chris, I, I we we were talking about it in the locker room a little bit, but it seemed like, you know, that that, that he played 41 minutes. That end of the third quarter, he goes out for what maybe not even two minutes, and, and you're you're kind of saying like, oh, is it gonna is it gonna waver? Um, and, and then the Nuggets ultimately tied at 101 to 101 with about six minutes left. What what did you see kind of at the end um, that allowed the Hawks to finish? Yeah, I think it goes back to Trey. He just took over, especially at the end of the game. And what we were talking about, when Trey sits, this Hawks team is disastrous. Mm-hmm. It's it's very bad because they don't have someone who has the gravity on the floor that Trey carries. When Trey's on the floor, he's getting double teams. And if he's getting double teamed, that means other guys are open. And tonight, they send three guys at him. That means two guys are open. So... When he's not on the floor, it's it's bad for the Hawks because they don't have that second guy, especially with John Collins getting suspended 25 games. Again, Kevin Herter leaves tonight early with a shoulder injury. So at the end of the game, it's the Trey Young show, which is it's always been for the Hawks in close games. He's the guy who's going to carry this team, and I feel like for the Hawks, they're probably going to only be as good as Trey Young is. And what's good for Atlanta is that he's playing at – an all-star, and possibly an all-NBA level right now. It's obviously early, but you know he's putting up the numbers for the Hawks to make him competitive in any single game. And he touched on the, the Nuggets defensively coming into the game. And even going back to last season, the Hawks showed that they can score with anyone, especially if Trey's having a night like this. Uh, you know, Last season they put up over 140 against 
Oklahoma City, um, Golden State, they put up over 110. Um, they can definitely score with any single team on any single night. And Trey is obviously a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, the sequence that he had that was just kind of mind-blowing was that, you know, the Nuggets, again, they tied the game 101-101. That was actually 8-19 left after Gary Harris, who couldn't buy a bucket all night, scores five straight points. So it's tied at 101. A couple free throws, um, a few free throws by Alex Lynn, and the Hawks are up 104-101. Then Trey Young hits a pull-up 29-footer. Jokic hits his only three-pointer of the night, puts it back to three. Then Young hit a 30-footer between two two defenders from the top of the key. That might have been among the most – of these shots tonight, that, that to me was the one where you were just like – that. it kind of felt like that was it. Even though even though there was still five minutes left, just the right. way the, the game was going, you just never felt in this game like the Nuggets were going to get a stop. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I forget exactly what part of the point of the game, but I think the Nuggets were only down – I think they were down – by five, and then the Nuggets hit a three-pointer. It was Gary Harris who hit the three-pointer, and then he came back, hit a layup, and the game was tied. And I was like, it, I, and if I didn't look up at the scoreboard, I would have never guessed it. Because like, I thought the Nuggets were down at least ten, just because of the way that the momentum was always with the Hawks throughout the entire game. Yeah. So um, again, we, we had to have you on, Chris, because um, that that was a, a special night from from Trey Young. Um, already the second home loss of the year for Denver, a team that lost only seven times at home all of last season. Um, you know, so they'll try to bounce back Thursday against the Nets. Chris, thanks for joining us. Man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Ever wonder how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Millions are already using StockX to find everything after it sells out. From the latest Yeezys to every retro Jordan to the hottest new streetwear from brands like Supreme, Bape, Palace, and Kith. With StockX, there's no hassle. StockX handles the exchange of every transaction so you never have to worry about legit buyers or sellers. StockX has you covered. With StockX, it's all about transparency. Now you can shop smarter than ever using real-time market data for everything on the site. Rest easy knowing you'll never overpay shopping on StockX. I've used StockX for years. My most recent purchase, a pair of Jordan 4 Cool Grays for my six-month-old son. He's going to be looking fresh. All the kids in the daycare are going to be super jealous of him. I'm going to keep him fresh with StockX where you can buy and sell pre-owned sneakers, handbags, watches from brands like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, Rolex, and more. Wanting all the hype? Check out StockX.com slash bball for a surprise offer that won't be around long. Again, that's StockX.com slash B-B-A-L-L. Check it out today. All right, and so that that's where it sits after after tonight's one twenty five one twenty one loss. The Nuggets, as we said, are seven and three. So, Kendra, let's kind of zoom back now, yeah. um, take a bigger picture view. I mean, this from the last time that we met was, um, you know, the, the Nuggets have certainly had been on a on a nice run. Yeah. Um, you know, they they had the Friday night game after we had last recorded. Just an incredible game against Philadelphia. The greatest fourth quarter comeback <laughs> in Nuggets history yeah. happened Friday. Nicole Jokic, game-winning shot, outplays Joel Embiid. Then Sunday, the Nuggets are disastrous in the fourth quarter, blow a huge lead to the Timberwolves, but ultimately hold on in overtime behind another Nicole Jokic game-winning shot. Um, you know, and he certainly, I think, over the weekend, that kind of, I think, helped kind of snap him out of this early season malaise that mm-hmm. um, you know we've talked a lot about that was really kind of haunting him, just the way that he 
you know, just seemed disengaged at times. wasn't wasn't Nothing was coming as easy for him as it as it certainly seemed to last year. Um, but again, th- those were two um, pretty incredible performances. I mean, in the Philadelphia game, he had 16 points in the fourth quarter. Um, and then tonight, you know, again, he he wasn't sharp tonight. Seven of 19, only hit one of eight three pointers. Um, you know, I thought the first time that I've really ever remember saying like he needs to stop shooting um, because honestly, they were they were they were just. Atlanta was completely playing down the floor. Yeah, they were allowing him. And I mean, this is a guy that a couple of years ago was a forty percent three point shooter. Um, he's really struggling from the outside. He's shooting twenty two percent. It's it's part of what is really I think dragging their offense down. Um, Gary Harris two of ten tonight. Jamal Murray zero of four. Jeremy Grant one of five. Um, guys who have shot high percentages at other points in their careers uh, are, are just not getting it done. Mm-hmm. Um, but but let's go back to Jokic. What I mean, just yeah. from a big picture perspective, again tonight twenty point seven assists, six rebounds. You know h- how important for the Nuggets did you think it was for him to to step out the way that he did over the over the last week? I mean, I think it's really important. I think at the beginning of the season, one of the reasons why they were struggling to find um, an offensive rhythm, which I mean, they still are, but I think a big reason for it then was that, you know, they run their offense through Nicola, and if if he's you know, making getting into early foul trouble and having to sit, or he's not in rhythm, then it does force them to okay, let's get to Plan B really quickly, even we're maybe we're not prepared for it, but let's do it. So I think it's really important for him to kind of regain his rhythm, and I think his confidence too. I mean, those two game winners. Uh, the one against Philadelphia at home, he was waving to the crowd, getting them involved, pumping his fist. I mean, it just looked like he was happy, mm-hmm. which I don't think that we've really seen him show that much happiness this season so far. Yeah, he, so he was think, like last in the league in smiles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that like having fun is really important to this team. And so I think if you're having your leader get out of his funk, everyone can kind of you know, take an exhale, relax. And, and I talked to the team, I think it was last week or the week before about their poor shooting. And, you know, once you start missing, you just start throwing them, them up because you want to see them go in. Mm -hmm. And so once you start seeing people hit shots, once you see your best player in Jokic hit shots, the whole team can kind of take an exhale, relax and, and, you know, hope that this means that he's out of his funk and that everything else will just kind of fall in place. Yeah, you, you hit on you hit on the word there, like the happiness, the joy. One thing that I'm like seeing out of this team, um, you know, having been around, having been around this being my fourth year, is that like as they were kind of climbing the climbing the ladder in the Western Conference, um, you know, there, there was sort of that. I, I don't want to say plucky narr- plucky underdog because it's kind of like a trite narrative, but it, it was a team that was like you know, kind of the, the fun, you know, the mm-hmm. fun kid. It was every nerd's favorite basketball team <laughs> in terms of like just the way they play this, you know, ball sharing offense and, and you know, used to be up tempo. This year, everything offensively just seems kind of like a slog. Um, you know, part of that is they're playing at the slowest pace in the league, um, which, you know, again, say what you want about what, what pace means, but you can just tell with the eye test that everything that they're doing is kind of um, – you know, there's just not a lot of up tempo. They're not they're not getting out in transition enough. And, and really, even in the half court, I mean, you watched it today with Atlanta. Um, and, and granted, they have a, a a point guard who we talked a lot about who can single handedly break you down. Mm-hmm. But just the way that they move from side to side in the half court, 
is creating so much. I just, I don't feel like the Nuggets are doing that. The spacing's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not swinging the ball from side to side. Malone even said at the beginning of this game, the Nuggets were up, I believe, 12 to zero yeah. um, in the first three minutes of the game. And, and you were seeing that the ball was, you know, the ball was hopping around the perimeter, um, you know, guys touch multiple guys touching it multiple times on every possession, passing up good shots for great shots. You know, those are sort of the tenants yeah. of the Nuggets offense. Um, and, and those things have just kind of disappeared. Um, I think the fact that Nikola Jokic uh, is playing better over the last week seems to be kind of finding his confidence. Certainly isn't afraid to shoot the ball right now. <laughs> Put up 19 shots tonight. Um, you know, I think that is ultimately going to be what what gets them out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think there are some legitimate concerns about this offense right I'm, now. I, I completely agree. And the Nuggets had 31 assists tonight and only three turnovers. And you'd think that. I mean, and even Malone said in post game, he goes, "If you're putting up those types of numbers and your turnover to assist ratio, you should win the game." Right. And they didn't. Yeah. So it's like, and and, uh, and the, I hadn't even realized that until he, he yeah, was, like uh, you know that was one step that I missed. The, to turn the ball over only three yeah. times, and the Hawks turned it over fourteen times. So it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Th- well, and that that three point, and I, we've been saying this. We've been saying this for a while now, but the, the three point math is is continuing to kind of suffocate Denver. Uh, they're mm-hmm. you know they came in middle of the pack in three point percentage, uh, but when you combine a, an, um, a middling percentage shooting three pointers with a really low volume of three point attempts, you're just not making an impact from the outside. Yeah, and, and you know that continues, I think, to be a problem. Uh, for this team, you know, mm-hmm. they 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 finally get up a lot tonight. They shoot forty one, had a lot of wide open looks, um, but only made eleven, so twenty twenty seven percent, which is going to bring down an average that, like I said, is was already just in the middle of the league. Um, so so that that to me is a concern. They have to they have to find that rhythm, mm-hmm. um, you know, which which I think can roll us into um, our stock yes. report because this will cover. Um, I, I think a good deal of this. So again, we're, we started this last week. Every, every week we'll have our stock report. So, um, you know, one, one thing from each of us that, that we saw trending up over the last week since we spoke mm-hmm. and one thing that's trending down. So let's start Kendra with yes. your, your stock up of the week. What was the thing that stood out to you? Um, as whether player yeah. stat, something that the nuggets are doing, um, that was kind of on the rise. Uh, I think especially at the beginning of the game tonight. Paul Millsaps stood out to me, and maybe I'm just kind of riding the Paul train right now. But, I mean, he's holding opponents to just 39.5% from the field, um, which is second on the team to Will Will Barton in holding uh, opponents to that field goal shooting. Defensively. Yes, defensively, yes. And he's allowing the fourth fourth least points on the team, yes. And also his defensive rating is technically it's third on the team but number one is Vlatko who hasn't really been playing a lot he's yeah, so. the G League so he's technically second um in that regards to tonight he just came out I felt like he really was just you could feel his presence and I feel like that that's been the case with him for these past few games kind of feel like ever since he had his head injury against Miami he's kind of just you know gone for it but then you look at his numbers even before he hit his head and he's been putting up good numbers all season long and there was a lot of questions but coming into the season of oh how much time does Paul Millsap have left he's the oldest guy on this team you know he might be running out of steam and I think he kind of just shut people up with that um and so I think that he's just been a really consistent player he's been a guy who's just been able to go out and give a solid performance each night which I mean 
maybe he's not putting up the craziest of numbers, but I think with this team that has been so inconsistent in so many ways, having a guy that you can kind of count on to give you some consistent numbers is really important to have. Yeah, and I, what I, one thing that stood out to me about about Millsap is on a team that nobody is really shooting well, uh, he's shooting almost 50% from three-point range, yeah. um, which is incredible. I don't think it's sustainable. He's not going to shoot that high all season long. <laughs> Um, but he's really stroking it from the outside, which is, is not something that we've, we've typically seen from him. He's always been a, I would say an average three point shooter. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, if he can stay that way and, and the Nuggets can finally get some of those other guys to kind of rise up, you know, rise up to that level a little bit, or even just a little bit above, I mean, Nicole Jokic is shooting 22% from three point range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just has to be better. So that's that's another thing from Paul. I think that's an element that he's added. Um, he's been shooting the ball really well. But I, I agree with you. I think he's been he's been solid throughout. I think a lot of people part of that too is um, Nuggets traded for Jeremy Grant, and there was all of this thing of like how long until Jeremy Grant's the starting power forward? Yeah. Paul Millsap has been has been far better so far this season, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think you know maybe that's maybe that's motivation for a guy. It's like younger player at your position. Um, whatever the case might be, but but at the end of the day, Paul Millsap is a veteran. That's why they paid him thirty million dollars a year the last three years to come in and be that steadying force. And um, you know, I agree with you. I think he's been real solid. My, my stock up and um, you know, kind of put it over the top a little bit tonight with the way that he played. The bench has not been good overall. That they've struggled to find any consistent rhythm. But I feel like Monte Morris is finally mm-hmm. starting to um, to find himself. And uh, I know you're writing about this tonight. But one yes. of the things that Michael Malone is trying to do is to pair him with with another starter, another creator, ball handler, who can take some of the pressure off him. He's done that the last few games, and I think that's quickly paid dividends. Tonight, Monte Morris, best bench player, 6 of 11, 14 points, uh, had four assists to go with that, which is kind of completely in control. Um, and again, they're going to really need him. He was sensational last year. Um, I think he's a little bit higher up on scouting reports right now. Uh, but but over the last I think week ten days you you've really started to see him I think be more aggressive. That's one thing Michael Malone mm-hmm. said to him is like, listen, when you're aggressive, uh, he actually said the other night, look, when you're not aggressive, um, you know, I could go out there and do what you're doing. And, and that's not a slide on Morris. It was more saying like the way that you play. If mm-hmm. if you're you're being a really smart, solid, um, you know, distributor and ball handler, you take care of the ball. That's great. But adding that element of your aggressiveness is how we can get going as a second unit. And, yep. and he's, I think he's answered that call. And um, I, I think you never have to worry for, about Monte Morris for long. Right. I mean, he, he might have a stretch here and there um, where, where he's kind of uh, you know struggling. It, it might be shots, but um, he takes coaching extremely well. Um, you know, and so sometimes it's that little spark. But I, I think it's a good sign. Um, that he's playing that way over the last co- you know couple weeks or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, 14 points tonight, uh, led the bench. So he, he's my stock up for the week. Yeah. Let's roll into now stock down. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this game certainly would would uh, add to some of that. But what what's <laughs> what's just your what yeah. your takeaway of the thing that wasn't going well in a in a during a week that until right. tonight had been going well overall? Uh, you kind of transitioned perfectly into that because mine was pretty much outside of Monte Morris. The bench has been my stock down. Um, their most frequently used second unit has been Morris, Tory Craig, Jeremy Grant, and Mason Plumley. And right now they have the third worst uh, five man unit mm-hmm. who has played fifty minutes or more together. So there's 24 five-man sec- units who played 50 or more minutes together, and they're third worst in offensive rating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I and that's above Orlando and Charlotte. Right. And I think that that's a really big problem because, you know, we were talking before the game that last season their second unit was really, really good. And then they got to the playoffs and there was this huge drop off in how their bench unit performed. And that's just so important to have. Like you need to be able to rest your players. Malone has said time and time again, I played Jamal Murray too much tonight. I played uh, Gary Harris too much tonight. Right. I don't want them to get injured. But in order for him to feel comfortable in sitting those players, his bench needs to step up, which they just have not been doing. Their defensive rating is kind of in the middle of the pack, but they're still struggling. They, right. There's still been a huge drop-off, and it's it's a little surprising to me because I feel like players like Tory Craig and Jeremy Grant are known for their defense. They're defensive players. And... So it's been surprising that there's been such a drop off in their performance because you do like they have good players. It's not like their bench is terrible and you're saying who are these guys? Right. You know, arguably in some other It's not a who what team he played for from the <laughs> right inside the NBA crew. Exactly. So it's 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 that to me is something that really needs to be addressed and fixed and you know Malone's been saying like you touched on putting a starter in the and on the floor with them just trying to find ways to pick this group up. Um, but it, I mean, they even think they don't really know what they can't pinpoint one thing that needs to be done. It's just kind of a, yeah. And I, I think there's, I mean, there, there's, yeah, the, the problems you're right are widespread. I think it hasn't helped that, that, uh, you know, Malik Beasley who, who missed tonight, uh, against the Hawks and the second half against Minnesota with, with illness, Mm -hmm. um, has not been, has not been the same player that he was to this point. Uh, last year, um, you know, he's shooting the three well, but that's that's really kind of about all that he is, he's been able to bring so far. Not playing real well defensively, struggling to finish at the rim. Um, you know, so he hasn't quite been that same punch that I think a lot of people expected him to come into this year and take another big leap. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's early, and I, mm-hmm. I think he has that in him. But yeah, there's that. I, I think again, Morris was kind of was sort of struggling a little bit. Um, you know, and again, they're, they're trying to, they're kind of playing around with Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. You know, I've been an advocate again for just letting him, just letting him run, run through the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he, he said tonight, the biggest thing he's struggling with is kind of learning these defensive schemes, which right. again is something that almost all rookies struggle with. Right. The difference being almost all rookies are in situations where they're on teams that can, that are going to, you know, live through those headaches because they need to develop them. They need to give them that time. The Nuggets are just in a different situation with him. But again, I think that what he can bring you offensively, if you just kind of unchain him a little bit, um, could be the spark that this bench needs. Um, the you know the, the, the staggering will help, I think, a little bit. But yeah, I think guys are just going to have to step up. I mean, Jeremy Grant is really struggling to shoot the ball right now. Yeah. Um, that, that's been another thing that has... I think drag them down. Um, so they, they just don't, they haven't had like multiple guys clicking at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's been an issue. Uh, my stock down, um, you know, talking about finishing at the rim and that's Gary Harris. You know, I, I wrote last week about how well he's played defensively. He's, he's playing at an all defensive caliber level. Um, you know, really playing well in the pick and roll. Um, you know, just really starting to grow in that area has been, kind of their defensive closer for, for, for much of the season, um, you know, kind of taking the assignment of, of the other team's best player and trying to lock him down at the end of the game. Um, but offensively, he has just really struggled. Four of 15 tonight, two of 10 again from three. Um, but, but more than that, Gary Harris was a guy 
who was, I thought, on his way to becoming, um, you know, if not an elite level finisher, certainly a guy who was well above average in that regard. Um, you know, playing off Jokic so well, he was a guy that would cut back door, finish through traffic, um, in transition, especially was a guy that you were, you thought as soon as he gets the ball and is headed toward the rim, um, you know, you're in trouble. Now he's getting caught in a lot of this in between no man's land when he comes off screens, he's not getting all the way to the rim. Um, and he's really not, he's not pulling up and shooting a lot. So he's kind of, again, finding himself in this in between land where he's throwing, shooting this floater, um, that's just been really erratic. Um, and, so that all adds up to an offensive profile that is really struggling. And so um, whether it's trying to get him a little bit more um, you know, off-ball actions to cut toward the basket um, or really pounding in that the Nuggets want him to get all the way to the rim, you know, whatever the case might be, he's got to find himself, I think, in, in positions that are, that are a little bit easier. A lot of wide-open shots tonight that he missed. Um, you know, again, he's he's a guy that was two years in a row a forty percent three-point shooter uh, three and four years ago, or two and three years ago, um, and, and just hasn't had that same consistency. So, will he get back to that? Um, you know, I don't know, but but certainly they have to find a way to get him more involved offensively. Um, you know, because again, I think that will take a lot off uh, you know other people's plates. Yeah. So anyways, that's that's our stock report for this week. Um, we'll have another episode on Thursday night after the Nuggets host the Nets, trying to snap this one-game home losing streak um, and, and get back on track. And then the Nuggets go on Sunday to Memphis to close out the week. So we'll have plenty more for you then. Again, sign up at theathletic.com slash Rainbow Skyline. Want to give a huge shout-out to our producer, Rob Lopez, staying up late, making us sound good. Um, always, always appreciate that. And we appreciate you guys. And until next time, thanks again.